Dumelang Avusheni and hello hi Mzanzi. Welcome back to Sisters Without Shame, a no holds barred podcast that is proudly brought to you by Healthform Zanzi. I'm your host, Nolutando Ngakani, and I'm here to hold your hand as you seek the answers to those pussy bumps and lumps you are too scared to speak of in public. This podcast is a safe space, babes. You have nothing to fear. Mzanzi, this week we are continuing our conversation on the state of organ donation in Mzanzi. This week we are joined by Tanya Botma, the first double lung recipient at the Grotteskir Hospital in Cape Town. Now 2017 was a life-changing year for the Durbanville resident as she lost her brother who was also an organ donor in a horrific accident. That same year, Tanya also survived the first bilateral lung transplant in a state hospital in Africa, giving her a fighting chance. Tanya shares her journey of survival with us this week. Tanya, what was the medical reason that you needed organ donation? I had a number of childhood respiratory problems, including meconium aspiration as a neonate. I suffered a lot of viral infections, which left me with chronic lung disease. And eventually I was diagnosed with bronchiolitis obliterans, which could not be reversed by medication. And then you, you got your new set of lungs. So then obviously how my life changed since I got my lungs is I am doing things today that I never, ever thought was possible. That was only a dream come true. I exercise. I love putting my trainers on. I smile every time I put them on. This is something I could never do pre-transplant. I live life to the fullest. I enjoy every moment with my beautiful family. And I do all of this in honor of my hero, my organ donor. Those other things that people take for granted, I really cherish. I'm a mother, like I said, to a beautiful 14-year-old daughter. Pre-transplant, I could never go and watch a play hockey game, for instance. And I now stand at the sidelines and I shout and scream. (laughs) And I'm actually known as the mom with the big lungs because of the way I shout and scream, but I smile. Because pre-transplant, I could never do any of that. I know what I had before and what I have now. I'm a wife. I'm a daughter to my parents. I'm a sister to my siblings. And I try and give back. I feel I've been given this amazing gift and I need to do something with it. So I try and give back. And by how I'm doing this is creating awareness around organ donation and tissue donation. I try and get funding in for the Khrutuski Lung Transplant Unit. I was actually the first double lung transplant to be done in a state hospital in Africa, which is Khrutuski. So I have so much to be thankful for. And those doctors and sisters are out of this world. They're like energizer bunnies on the go and they treat you like family. And I feel if it wasn't for them and our Lord above and my organ donor and her family, I would not be sitting here. So I feel I need to give back. And I can't be thankful enough. There's just not enough words to actually say thank you. Do you do your charity work under an organization or anything like that? I don't because I'm only one person. So it's very difficult for me. I must be very honest with you. When I do try and approach people, they're a bit hesitant because I do realize there are a lot of people out there that want some donations and there's a lot of charities out there. But I just feel there are so many people out there waiting for lungs and waiting for heart. I'm actually doing it for the heart and lung unit at Hoodiscade. And there are so many of us that are parents and all we want to do is watch our children grow up. 
I mean, my little girl was nine when I had my transplant and she's 14 now. And I've had four and a half beautiful years with her, which I would not have had if it wasn't for my organ donor and her family. That's why I'm trying to get funding for her to scare. Sometimes I get it right. Sometimes I don't. You know, sometimes I just cry and I want to give up, to be very honest with you, because it's very difficult to keep asking. But then I get up and I'm like, no, I am going to fight for my organ donor. I am going to fight for my hero. I am going to fight for my family. Because I know the people that are lying there in hospital, lying at home, not being able to breathe, I need to do this for them. Because I know what it's like not to be able to breathe. And I know what it's like not to be there for your family. So I'm going to do it for them. You speak very passionately about, you know, being on this mission to raise awareness for organ donation. Can you tell us, Tanya, you know, what were your thoughts when you were receiving organs? Did you ever consider also becoming a donor before you actually needed organs? When I needed a transplant, I, there were a lot of mixed emotions. Number one, I never thought I'd need a double lung transplant. And then secondly, I think what really hit me was in order for my life to be saved, somebody else needed to pass. How do you process that? It's very difficult to try and process something like that. And I still think today, as a recipient, you kind of have survivor's guilt because you know you're here because of somebody else passing. But at the same time, I lost my brother the year of my transplant in a tragic accident. And he was an organ donor. He died in a power paragliding accident. So he fell to his death. So he wasn't able to donate organs, but he was able to donate tissue. And he helped 26 other people's lives by just donating tissue. So I think from my side, my family, we've experienced both spectrums. I'm a recipient, he's a donor. So that helped me a lot, knowing that how I felt when he had helped so many people. And I hope that's how my donor's family thought about it when they decided to give me lungs. Thank you, Tanya. That was very heartfelt. I hope like people actually understand, you know, the gravity that an organ donor actually holds they really do make a difference in other people's lives oh absolutely i think people don't really know this is before we even receive a donor's organs we get put through a lot of tests go through a lot of tests we go and see a social worker or a psychologist making sure that our mental state is is in a good state that we are able to fight they try and find out what is your support group like at home Because after transplant, the surgery is one part, but after that, it's all you. It's how you live your life. It's mentally, it's draining. You have to fight. I mean, after transplant, it's not you get taken off the ventilator and your oxygen gets taken away and you have to learn how to breathe again. You've got to learn how to exercise. You've got to learn how to do so many things. So you have to fight after transplant. So you need that motivation and you need your loved ones behind you. And then again, your family also need to be prepped because it's not like normal surgery where you just go in and you come out and things just carry on. As transplants, it's a long-term commitment. We drink medication. We're on a lot of tablets, immune suppressants, and we have to drink our tablets by a certain time. We go for blood tests every three weeks to make sure your levels are correct because if your TAC levels are too low, you can go into rejection. And if your TAC levels are too high, your body goes into toxicity. You have lung functions done once a week. You go and see your doctor regularly for checkups. You try and stay away from anybody that's sick. Even though I'm trying to do this awareness and I'm going out there, even when I'm with my daughter on the hockey field, if somebody's sick, I walk away. I don't stand anywhere near anybody that's sick because rejection is reality. Although I'm doing as much as possible, 
I really do try and keep away from anybody that's sick. So there's a whole lot to transplant that I think people don't really know. But we are living, we are breathing, and we're doing this because of an amazing person that has given us the ultimate gift, life. So I always say the paradox of organ donation is a gift to one, yet tremendous pain to another, because that is how it is. Thank you so much for sharing that, Tanya. Let's talk about awareness. Why do you think that people are actually apprehensive about becoming organ donors? I think people have a misconception because not enough has been said about organ donation. People think that when you're an organ donor, if you are involved in an accident, for instance, and you are put on a ventilator, they probably think the doctors and the sisters aren't going to do enough to save their life because they're an organ donor. And that is so not true because the final call comes from your family. They make that final call. Whether you are a registered organ donor or not, your family make that final call. And there are two independent doctors there. So they have to get permission. And then secondly, I think the family of a loved one feel that their loved ones don't get that dignity and respect when they procure their organs. And that is so not true. Like I mentioned to you, my brother passed away in my transplant year. I think because of the way he died, I needed closure. So I went to go and do his body. They had already taken his tissue. They had already taken his corneas. They had already taken skin. And he looked absolutely beautiful. He looked as though he was sleeping. And he looked so peaceful. So if people think they're not treating that human with dignity and respect, they are so wrong because they do. They are still a human being lying there. You know, so much is said about the blood drive. And yes, blood saves lives. And we all know about donating blood. But nothing said about organ donation. And I know you have to compare apples to apples. If blood giving is somebody's not dying, somebody's not passing. I get that. But we as recipients are so grateful for the second chance. And I think if we promoted organ donation as much as we promote blood drives, I think more people would be aware as to what's happening around organ donation and how grateful people are and what happens to their loved ones. You're making me think now because um, we once actually published a story on health forms and about organ donation. The main question on people's lips was, does it cost anything to donate tissues and organs? People are always looking for money. In this case, it's unfortunate in our country. It costs absolutely nothing. All you're doing is saving lives and helping people. So by an organ donor, you are saving up to seven people's lives. And by donating tissue, you are helping up to 50 people's lives. So no, there is no cost whatsoever. You are just doing an amazing gift. You are creating a legacy for your loved ones. That's basically all you're doing. When I talk about tissue, it's, it's corneas, it's skin, it's heart valves, it's tendons, and it's bones. A lot of people always ask me, what is tissue? Your organs, you know, it's lungs, heart, kidneys. They were actually hounding us. Okay. That's how much they'll get for a kidney. I was just like, guys. No. No payment. You are just giving an ultimate gift to someone. That's basically what you're doing. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Sisters Without Shame, Tanya. If you want to read up more about Tanya's journey, visit healthformsanzi.co.za. Now remember, dear friends, if you are in a medical bind and looking for a shoulder to cry on, you can send an email to hello at healthformsanzi.co.za. Alternatively, you can shoot us a WhatsApp on 076 132 0454.
Organ donation is life-saving, Msanzi. I think Tanya shared some beautiful points of view from the perspective of a donor recipient and as a family member of someone whose organs were donated. Tanya's brother's memory lives on through the 27 lives he saved by donating his organs. That brings us to the end of episode 60 of Sisters Without Shame, proudly brought to you by Healthful Mzanzi. From me, Lulu Ngakani, have a great week. And remember to show your girl some love by sharing this podcast with a friend. 